but welcome back, everyone. Uh, uh, here we are on Hebrews chapter 6, verses 13 to 20, uh, as we continue on with uh, why the Hebrews should have hope. And that all goes back to the reliability of who God is in Christ Jesus. Now, we talk about reliability. Uh, uh, who can we really rely on in this life? I mean, percentage-wise. <laughs> like, we could probably be 80% sure that, well, I don't know, 80%, that let's say uh, our good friend or even our spouse would be reliable, right? 80%? Is that too, too low? No. Too low? 95. 95? Yeah. 95. Sorry. I know, uh, for me, I, I try to be reliable, but uh, <laughs> there are moments uh, when I'm not. But uh, uh, yeah, you know, we, 95, very good. Very good, Pete. That's very good. Good job for you. Um, uh, I'm jealous. Anyways, but uh, uh, yeah, that we are reliable. But then, you know, 100%? And the answer is... No, no one's reliable 100%. Um, but God is, and that's what we're going to learn about today. So important, uh, especially in the temperature that we live in. Uh, why don't we begin here uh, with a word of prayer. Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for the oath, for your promise, for knowing that you are immutable, that you do not change, and that your promise endures forever. Bless us, O Lord, in this hope. Give us faith. Lead us by your spirit and through all things Lord, lead us in your eternal light. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Where are we today? Hebrews chapter 6. Yes, the certainty of God's promise. What can we be certain of um, in this life? And that's what the writer is showing us today. Um, Yes, certainty in the midst of And this is kind of the great dichotomy that we see in our, or this kind of duality in our life, that when we look at our life in this, in this world, uh, what can we be certain of? What is the absolute certainty that we have in this life? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that went dark. <laughs> But no matter if it went dark, it's true. I mean, the fact is, it's true. Death is, is, um, and if you don't evade them, taxes are too, right? (laughs) Don't evade your taxes. They know. Um, Oh, they know. They know. Not that I know, but, you know, they know. Anyways, uh, death. uh, And on the flip side, also, eternal life. Um, oh, for death, how, how are we certain of that? Because uh, the fall has shown us, for the wages of sin is, Romans 6.23, um, for the wages of sin is, I think it's 6.23. Good, good, Genesis 3 as well. So we see that uh, good, good uh, Ash Wednesday is coming up soon. Lent is coming up soon. Can you believe that? But Epiphany is great. We can't fly over that. 
Anyways, so we see uh, death uh, as a reality. What about eternal life? What are we certain of about eternal life? Um, the resurrection of our Lord proves that eternal life is certain. Anything else about certainty? Is there anything else we could be certain of? Sin, yes. Sin and our forgiveness, right? Um, that by the blood of Christ on that cross, he washes away our sin and answers for us, it is finished. Anything else about certainty? Uh, what about the pandemic or the, yeah, the pandemic of loneliness? What can we be certain of in loneliness? Yeah, Emmanuel, right? That God is conmigo, right? I got to brush up. Abe's on his, like, he's getting better. He's getting uh, more into the Spanish class. So now it's like, okay, Abe, I really have to review my Spanish because I don't, I need to remember these conjugations and it's just like tough. I, I only could do. Anyways, so uh, God with us. Uh, any, anything else? What, what, what can we be certain of? Good, right? Um, but on the flip side, when we talk about uncertainty, um, when we live in this world, especially in the world that we live in today, as we look at the world, and even looking, glimpsing in our own soul, how, when we talk about uncertainty, uh, what is so frightful about uncertainty? What is the greatest fear? What are people grappling with in this day and age when it comes to grappling with their uncertainty? How do they deal with that? How do people deal with uncertainty? Yeah, yeah. I mean, even, especially in this, uh, in this pandemic, how we're facing it, because if I was a human being, <laughs> very big if, trust me, there are days. Instead of a <laughs> if, I, <laughs> if I was a human being, uh, or let's say if I, if I did not, okay, if I did not, <laughs> if I did not have faith in, in God's word, how, how, how do we tread in this day? How, what is our... There's a lot of anxiety because everything depends on you. But anxiety, what is that rooted in, Nancy? When we talk about anxiety, what is the deeper root? Fear, what is the deeper root of that? Anyone else? Not trusting God. It's actually going back to uncertainty. Yes. It's the uncertainty that causes the fear. Yes. So, as I said earlier, uh, before I went on YouTube, is that it's always for us as Christians is to see the tension of what is really happening in the midst of what we face. To carefully and faithfully discern between what is certain and uncertain. Because what happens is this, is that uncertainty becomes your certainty in your flesh. Does that make sense? Like, your uncertainty becomes what you are only certain of, and because of it, we flee to, let's say, uh, our own shelter that we build for ourselves, right? Uh, our own protections, because we think we're fending for ourselves, as if this certainty is not there, 
right? Uh, and that's why I always tell people uh, in this day and age, as we continue to go through this pandemic, uh, whether you're here or online, is to keep in the word because we very well know what it means to be human, like a human sinner, not like, like we are human sinners, right? And we know that tension in our lives. And, and this is what we all face. And at the end of the day, what only brings us out is a certainty not of man, but of God, right? And, and this is very important when we talk about the reliability of God and his promise. Um, so that's kind of a good kind of overarching picture of what happened in the Bible still happens today in so many different ways, but this is the tension. Now, do you see that? And I hope you do. If you look at yourself honestly in the mirror, trust me, I, I face it all the time, you know, especially as a pastor. You know, there's a lot of, you know, you hear things on the news and you hear variants and all these things. And as a pastor, you just quickly... That's been, I think, for pastors, our greatest kind of tension is like, what, are we, what do we do next? Here we go again. And it can be a cause of great consternation. Is that a good word? Mm-hmm. It's an SAT word. But anyways, um, <laughs> great consternation. We get flabbergasted by the conflagration of what we are facing this day, right? Uh, anyways, <laughs> but... Uh, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so remember that. And it always goes back to, yes, what, is, what, what does stand forever? And that is our certainty in God's promise, right? So why don't we read uh, verse 13 to 15 here, 13 to 15. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so, after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. All right. So, what does this say about the one who promised to Abraham? There it says, when God made a promise, since he had no greater by... When, since, wait, for when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no greater by whom to swear, that he swore by himself. What, what is it about that that shows you the reliability um, that shows you the certainty of who is giving Abraham the promise? Well, it might be the equivalent of what today we might say something like, on my honor, I swear on my honor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because there was no one greater than him, he, he was swearing to uphold what he promised. Yeah, yeah, so there is no lip service here. This is the greatest one, the one true God, giving the promise to Abraham that he would be the father of many na- he would be the father of nations. And my, when I say Abraham, my, my son smiles. Like, yeah. I'm like, no? <laughs> Anyways, no, 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 no. I, I remember naming him. I remember like, you know, Abraham, that sounds cool. He was born in Garden Grove, my only California baby. Anyways, that's right. Oh. Anyways, um, how young I was. I remember what hamburger I had that day too, Carol. I did. My wife said, hurry up. Go eat. It's going to be a long day. So I went across the street, had a Western bacon cheeseburger, and um, I came back. She's like, it's already starting. I'm like, really? Already? She's like, yes, we're almost done. I'm like, what? Anyways, um, and then the nurse said, 
uh, the doctor, the nurse said to my wife, um, oh, this is on YouTube. Oh, shit. Um, she said, uh, uh, oh, the doctor isn't here yet. Can you um, hold up? And I'm like, I don't think that, I don't think that's how, anyways. Anyways, the point is Abraham. Yes, Abraham. Um, <laughs> Abraham. Yes. Thank you, Dave, for getting us back on track. You're welcome. (laughs) And it ends this particular passage with Abraham received what was promised. Yes. So what what the writer is doing is telling the Hebrews that God lives up to his promises. That's right. And if you look at what happened, I mean, this is, I I don't know, what, maybe 2,000 years after Abraham? Yeah. If you look and see what has happened to the nation of Israel from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Mm -hmm. it has become exactly what God had promised way back then. Yeah. And so he's telling the Hebrews God is going to live up to whatever promises he makes. Yeah, and and, and that is an ironclad Mm -hmm. promise. So when we talk about Abraham... When we say Abraham, what should we also think of immediately? Father of nations, through Abraham would come who? Jesus. Jesus, right? So when we think of Abraham, we think of the promise, but even greater, we think of what is to come as the one who will be blessed through, through him, and that is Jesus Christ. So, so we think of promise. Uh, our only promise is the word made flesh, Jesus Christ, and what he has given to us, right? That is the only word that we can cling to knowing 100% he will be with us until the end of the age and, and, and deliver to us his very gift of the gospel, right? Reliability is very, is very uh, key uh, because even that 1% of irre- irreliability or unreliability uh, is a cause of great concern, right? But our Lord, he is infinitely reliable. And that is where your faith is. Remember that Hebrews were facing persecution. Some were facing sluggishness. They were waning from. But when you talk about certainty and uncertainty, as we talked about earlier, this is where, by the very word of God, the certainty that he gives, this is what is only reliable in your life. Like I can rely on my wife for many things in this world. And I do. Trust me, I do. She does such a great job. Um, I said that on video. That's right. She does a great job with just... The life of ministry, she's like, I don't know what the word is. Oh, wow, that was quick, Chris. Um, that's right. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, my, yeah, she definitely does. Uh, but again, um, even then, um, reliability at the end of the day, she is not God, nor am I God to her. And reliability at the end of the day is only in the word of God, right? And this is what stays. Right? And here he's saying for Abraham and all throughout his plan, as Dave's talked about, with, with, uh, uh, we talk about the Exodus and, and all these promises uh, through the seed. And even when we go to the genealogy in Matthew chapter 1, again, this is, this is the promise of God, ironclad, staying true to what he said he would do. He actually 
delivered. We see right here on your handout, um, I will surely bless you, Genesis 22, and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of the heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. I don't know if you've ever seen sand on the seashore, but counting every grain, pretty much impossible, right? And your offspring shall possess the gates of his enemies. And though Abraham was childless at the time, the will of God was delivered through the son of Isaac. And eventually, to Jesus. Dave brought up a good point about receiving, right? Um, having patiently waited, right? Um, again, in the middle here, we see that persevering of faith, that waiting. Now, what is it, and we've talked about this before, but what is it about waiting that is so, at times, difficult? Even when we know the certainty, you hear Jesus all the time, you know what he's done for you, what is the difficulty about waiting patiently? <laughs> That's a key word, patient. Yes? I always say to someone who is asking, they're having some problems in their life, and I, you know, I'll say, well, just let's pray about it. And uh, for what you want God to do for you. And I always say that it's a promise that he will come through. But I said, just be patient. You never know how God is going to come through. He may not be exactly the way you're looking at him, but he's going to do what is best for you. And, and you'll know it. So it, it, it's, yeah, it's a waiting game. You don't know. And all of a sudden, you know, you know that God was in charge and he took care of us. Um, yeah, it's hard to wait, but it's not going to happen. I mean, you may, you know, you never know. You may answer right away. If you don't know, it's, it's, it's up to him. But that, that root of patience, and, and Carol, what a, what a good uh, word you said that right there about being patient. You are patient because? You trust in him. Because there is a reliability of certainty in what he has done, right? When you get impatient, what happens? What's really happening when we get impatient? What's really happening spiritually? Do you see that? You lose it, <laughs> you, you lose it right? I mean, in so many different ways. You lose it, but, <laughs> but you lose... You're, you're, you're really grappling or struggling with the trust and reliability of God and his word. Like, do we see that when we're impatient? I don't think we do a lot of time. We, don't, we, we're get, we get so caught up in impatience that we just get flustered and we're trying to figure out how to deal with this. When in fact, um, I always go back to the Valley of the Dry Bones in Ezekiel 37, dead bones. What's going to happen to these dead bones? Uh, he says, Lord, you know. And that patience, Lord, you know, is where our faith trusts right here in his blueprint. You, you look at Abraham and you look at the promise that goes down that line. A lot of things had to happen. A lot of things. And it almost seemed like even through sinfulness, through the kings that were sinful and all these things that happened, still the Lord there would be coming into the world to die for us sinners. And a lot of people would say, no, this can't happen. But the Lord delivers and, and he saves and rescues. And, and this is the picture of certainty, right? Um, in the midst of, let's say, our sin of not trusting and manifesting itself in impatience. And what do we do in impatience? We, we flee to our own little gods, whatever that may be, trusting in these little idols, thinking that they will give us the certainty that we desire. But yet at the end of the day, what do they do? The devil doesn't tell us in the little disclaimer at the bottom. 
<laughs> that they'll even terrorize you even more, right? Bringing you into great despair, right? So here we see that, that, uh, that promise, uh, that reliability, that certainty, uh, that um, having patiently waited, obtained the promise, receiving that very gift. Um, and your patience in this day and age, of course, is in the word, Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection, but also in the gift that he gives you in your baptism, right? We talked about this morning in the sermon. You live the baptismal life. That means God is always with you, that your, 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 your sins are washed away and that you are robed in his righteousness. This is the once and for all gift that God has given to you until in this life of faith. So when we talk about patience, it's, I think what Carol says, when, 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 a, when someone hears the words be patient, what is their first reaction to that very word about being patient? It's impatience. Well, impatience, but I might hear that from a human being standpoint if I was human. Is, um, is, oh, she just wants me to just pull up my bootstraps and just try to be patient. Like, I just have to, like, do this by my own human strength. Like, and that's what a lot of people think patience is. But rather, patience is knowing that, no, God is with me right now. I, like, I don't exactly know why this is happening the way it is. But what I do know is that he is my perfect father uh, whose will is done in my life. And that is the life of faith, Right? Trust, right? Uh, not in myself for that patience, but trust in the Lord uh, who has delivered me and who gives me life in his name. And that's kind of the, um, another uh, 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 deciphering moment, discerning moment for each and every one of us because patience a lot of times becomes, okay, I just, I just have to be more patient. Like, it's like, it's like I just have to... But I think we have a timer on our patience. A quick timer. Yeah, Great we, we can only be patient for so long. That's right. And That's right. Oh, well, how come something doesn't happen? I think if you look at the uh, the whole story of Abraham, I mean, it took a long so, time for his child to come. Time. And they were he and Sarah were always trying to do something. Even laughable too. They're like, <laughs> Sarah sure, laughed. sure. That's right. They were always trying to do something to speed the process up. That's right. And every time, God said no. That's right. And finally, I guess, they gave in. And even at Matt Moriah, you know, even after, after having the child Isaac, there he was called to, uh, to sacrifice him. And the great test, right? Mm-hmm. Again, it all begins in faith. And, of course, the ram was provided. God will provide, as we see on that Mount Moriah that day. Uh, and, again, for us, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, God will provide. This is the patience that we have. It's in faith, right? Not in human will. Because you're right, that, that, that timer that we uh, click, 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 ring, now we're impatient. Now all hands on deck. Now we're trying to live by our own promises and our own uncertainty, and that only ends with more despair, right? And here we see the writer really honing in on the people saying, you have the promise. Like, you know what's happening in this world, and, and what, for the Hebrews, as many were persecuted, as many were sluggish and indifferent to the faith, this is your only, this is your only certainty. There's, there's nothing else, even though the flesh says there is. Uh, there's nothing else. It's, it's only Christ. That is your certainty, right? Because this is from God, and what is from God, he is not a liar. He actually follows through and gives you that very gift. So, I know I'm starting to yell here. <laughs> Anyways, um, 16 and 17, if someone could read that for me. 16 and 17. Then swear by someone greater than themselves, and the oath confirms what is said. 
God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. Yeah, so, so when we talk about oath, we think of like a, a courtroom, right? So when you take an oath, um, you pretty much have to do with, with that oath. You have to pretty much tell the... We won't go there, Dave. <laughs> but you're right. We're supposed to tell the truth, right? And here we see from God the truest and one true oath that we have. And that is what he gives to us in his very promise, right? Um, for people swear by something greater than themselves, again, uh, this legal confirmation, therefore, in light of uncertainty, God delivers the concrete and unchangeable promise um, and certainty. Uh, yes, as one who is superior above all things, the oath was a great benefit uh, to the heirs of his promise. So what you can stand upon is the oath of God that his promise is for you. Right? And the end of the day, when we take our last breath, you know, in the sermon we talk about Romans 6, uh, every, every, every funeral sermon has Romans 6, or every funeral order has Romans 6 in there as a reminder of the only tried and true gift that we have, and that is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is, uh, who is given to us, um, and there we rest in our baptism, right? This is our certainty in the midst of even death, is the word of God in Christ himself. Right? And this is the constant here. Um, it doesn't change. Um, and that is, should be not only your certainty, but your joy and gladness and peace. They might say, you know, Chris, why are you so patient? Um, and Chris is not going to say, because I'm just so strong and so great and so self-righteously perfect. Why can't you be like me, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Anyways, but no, she will say, oh, because God is good. How can you say he's so good? And, and Chris would say, because he, gives, he, he has already given me Jesus Christ, my Savior, and he will never leave me nor forsake me. And that is my peace. That is, that is an oath and promise that he has given to me, that even in the darkness of death, I live. Right? I think that's part of the uncertainty, too, is doubting God's goodness. You're doubting that God is love, like he says. But how can he be a God of love and allow this? That's what a lot of people go to. Yeah. And they don't want any part of God because they don't agree with what he does. Because what they're seeing, they don't want to see with it. They sure. They don't trust me. They, they don't see the picture. No, very good point. Um, and they can rob them of their faith for a really long time. That's right. What's going on right now with the COVID and so many, I mean, people are having such a hard time dealing with it again. And, you know, this is a time that you really have patience and faith that we will get through this uh, with the Lord. I think that's part of the problem is that we tend to forget that it's not our timetable. No, it's God's timetable. That's right. And that's, that's the, we're like the little two-year-old who wants it now. Yeah. I don't want it now. Yeah. <laughs> or even one-month-old <laughs> that we want it now, right? Yeah. Uh, even though the terrible twos are, terrible twos are real. 
But the point is, you guys, is that when we talk about certainty right here, and we talked about uh, the plight of man, is this is, through all the things that we face, this is who our God is. So when we say if God, if God is so good, well, yeah, he is because he, this is who we are now. Uh, there we rest in the gospel. No matter what happens, uh, we have life in his name. And that's the oath and promise that we have in the midst of what we face in this life of suffering. God does not promise us that life will be full of sunshine and rainbows and cotton candy and, and caramel apples, right? Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, uh, but it is filled. There, there is struggle. There is suffering. Uh, but there is Christ, and that is why he is so good. And before Abraham, he promised to Adam and Eve that the Christ would come and crush, just crush the, the head of Satan. That's right. Even though we don't see it now, but we know. It's been done. Promise, it's been done. Yeah. So that's what we hold on to. And even when the devil accuses you of so many different things, because he does, and tempts you in so many different ways, he does, there you have Christ who is your victor, and who forgives you of all your sin, and who shuts down the lies of the devil and and shuts him up and just says, done, you have Christ, right? So this is our peace uh, th- because it comes with an oath. This is not just a you be you mentality like, oh, you have your God, I have my God. You know, we all believe in some kind of God, always, <laughs> all roads lead to God. Uh, no, no, this is the one true God who gives you the absolute certainty that when you look, like my kids, I look at them and I know a lot of people will say, uh, oh, you know, I don't know how the, the younger generation can live in this world or I don't know how you can be a parent in this life. I'm like, it's okay because this is true and this is forever. God is in charge. He leads us by his very word. And that is where we endure in the perseverance of faith because of the oath and the reliability of the sure promise of Christ. And, and that is, as we talk about in these days that we live, that is the tension that we have. Do we trust or, or, or are we falling to our own, own fleshly uncertainty, our own trust in man? Um, and that's the careful uh, uh, discerning and prayerful approach uh, as we meet the days ahead. Uh, verse 18, if someone could read that. God did this so that by two... Okay. Yeah. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is poss- impossible for God to lie... We who have fled to take hold of the hope offered to us may be greatly encouraged. Oh, is there anything else? Oh, 19 also. Oh, no. It, did you... Did I, is there a little bit more in 18? No. 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 That was it. That was it. That was it. Uh, I have to hold fast to the hope set before us. Oh. Yeah, me too. Interesting. I have to look. Um... Okay. Um, So, in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope that is set before us. So, we're talking about refuge. In this time, as he is, the writer is telling the Hebrews, where is your refuge? In this time of waiting, in this time of persecution, in this time of spiritual apathy, where is your refuge? Because at the end of the day, this is what we're facing. Where is your trust? Where is your refuge? Can you trust in the changeable things of this world. No, you can only trust the unchangeable things of God, and that is his oath and promise, right? And and this is where he is continually encouraging them to seek the true refuge. Not the false, right? Not the false refuge, but the true refuge of God and his word in Christ Jesus in what he has given to us. 
Right? We can't build that refuge for ourselves. It's only Christ. And here, uh, because he is God, two unchangeable things. Now, why is that in itself uh, comforting to you, the oath and promise? Why is that unchangeable reality so comforting? Because it's an absolute. Yeah, it's an absolute. Yeah, yeah. But his word never changes. It is, even though the world tries to change the word, we see it in the world today. But his word never changes, and his word endures forever. And this is where your refuge is. Now, again, for the Hebrews and for us as we apply this, see that tension in your life. Do you see it? I think daily we see it. You should see it um, as we look at the scriptures today. As we set our hope uh, so easily in the temporary refuge, refuges, refuge, is it, what's the plural of refuge? Is there a plural of refuge? It's like sheep. There's no sheeps, right? It's only sheep. Uh, in the eternal refuge of our Lord, right? Like, where, where do you place your refuge? Be honest with yourself. Is it in the temporary life? Is it in your own sluggishness? Or I'll get to that later. Is it in the fear of your life? For them, persecution, they fled, many of them. What is it? Where, where is your refuge? Uh, and here we see what? That our refuge is in the hope of Christ. Uh, the strong encouragement to hold fast to him and, and the hope that is set before us. So again, uh, what we talk about, um, uh, the impossibility of God to lie, indeed, it is impossible for God to lie because he is holy, right? And he is perfect. I, know I don't really say holy too much. Um, I should. But uh, uh, that he is holy, and, and that is who his character is, and he does not lie. Um, when he says you are forgiven, you are actually forgiven. You are. That's right. That's right. Very good. Uh, yeah, Carol is a hoot. Anyways, um, <laughs> we see right here, um, verse 19. Verse 19, so I could read that. One more. Yeah, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. Oh, I love the water references, don't you? And sorry about the uh, font on your notes. It is smaller than the other part. Do you notice that? I just noticed it. My eyes are so bad, I have to kind of squint now. But um, uh, I wear contacts, so you know. The hope is anchored. Anchored. When we talk about anchor... Um, what is, what is the anchor of a ship? Uh, what does the anchor do? Yeah. Now, now, is this, when we talk about anchor in the midst of a, a world that is washing to and fro the waves, how important is that anchor if you're on that boat? It's your life change. It's, it's literally, if, you're, if your anchor is broken, you're pretty much... Done, <laughs> right? I love those ocean movies where they have that struggle because I think it's a very big picture of our spiritual reality of what we're facing. Yet what movies tend to miss is that there is an anchor of Christ that, that is solid, that is immovable, that keeps the boat. And a lot of people would see the boat as the church, right? That would keep the boat as Christ is the head or the captain 
solid even in the midst of a tumultuous sea, right? And there it says, anchored your soul is, right? We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, right? A hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. So again, when we talk about a tabernacle, when we talk about behind the curtain, when we talk about when Jesus died on the cross, what happened to split in two there no longer is there need of a high priest because jesus is the true high priest who is the way to god we are on that boat and that anchor we're good <laughs> like we see these um what's the word these squalls coming squalls and these waves and remember el nino 1998 anyone that was a big year um but el nino in 1998 i remember because i lived here I was in Seal Beach, and um, the waves were big. Uh, but I remember hurricanes, every, and I always imagine this whole picture of our spiritual life, how bombarded we are by this world, by Satan and the flesh. But yet that anchor is still there and says, you know what? Even in the midst of this, we are immovable because Christ is our anchor. Now, when that, cry, when that anchor becomes something else, what happens to that? That uncertain anchor becomes our, our centerpiece, and there, when the waves come, we really don't know what to do, and we're fending for ourselves. That's why in these days, this word of Christ is everything in, in regards to our certainty of the anchor that is steadfast uh, for the soul, right? As a church, our goal is to care for souls. And the only way we know how to care for souls is to give you Christ. That's the way that we care for the soul, is to always preach and teach the anchor of Christ for you, right? And, and this is what, what gives you your perseverance of faith as you live the life under his name, is the preaching of Christ and his word, the immovable truth that anchors your soul even in the tumultuous seas. And that is what we have, right? That is our hope. And here on this boat As we see it, um, um, I will not take offense to your laughing. <laughs> um, here on this boat, he is the one who anchors us. And this is the key, you guys. Uh, I think we're living in a day right now where we're constantly being tested of where our refuge lies. Trust me, we are. And this is what the word tells us. And this is where we reside. And many things are changing, but what doesn't change is the anchor that, that keeps us rooted in the midst of all that's happening in Christ Jesus and what he has done in the certainty of his word. Right? And this is where that encouragement flees to. So, that, so earlier as we talked about be, being patient or uh, about uh, the Christian who says, you know, uh, trust in the will of God. This is not just some platitude that we live in such like, we're just not saying positive things. We're actually believing that his will of God is your salvation. And he has done that. And that is what gives us the perseverance knowing that, that we live under his name as he is our father and we are his true children. Right? Marjorie, yes? God under our standard and 
we can't do these things, so how can God? And, and they tend to not remember that he, he isn't like us. Yeah, and, and this is the tension. It's like, it's like I want to be on this boat, but I, I want me to be the captain. Like, God, if you just do what I do, then I'll believe in you. But when things go awry and, and they're not going my way, no, I'm taking hold of the, the, um, the wheel and uh, the helm. The helm um, and I'm going to take control. Now, again, you know, when we talk about certainty, oh, I had an idea. I t- totally forgot, but a uh, word to tell you. But we, we see this certainty, and, and there, as we're anchored in him, oh, man, I missed it. My mind. Um, anyways, good stuff. Forgot. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, what was that? What was I thinking? Tell me. Um, welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for welcoming me into your world, Dave. Thank you. Uh, uh, I, I will truly enjoy it. Uh, but, um, yes, this is, uh, oh, man. This is the picture of, uh, of, uh, of how we see uh, this life. And, and again, um, to discern that, you guys, in your own life. And, and to discern that tension of me being the captain versus Christ as pilot, as captain, as, as the leader, right? Because, um, oh, yes, oh, almost. At the end of the day, that's right, that's right, good. Um, at the end of the day, see, this is... <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Sadly, I am. Yes. Uh, um, yeah, before I forget. Yes. Uh, oh, that's right. At the end of the day, <laughs> this, is, this is who we are. So when I always talk to my children, when I, when I talk to you all, I know there's a lot of suffering that we face in this world. But we're not just waiting for this. Like, this is who we are right now. And what that means is, by his very word, in this certainty, all is well. Because right now, this is who we are. We're not just waiting for it. But even in the midst of all that we face, spiritual battles, uh, physical afflictions, all that, this is who we are right now. And when, we, when our being, Acts 17, 28 as St. Paul uses the words of, uh, of the unbelievers, of the phil- philosophers of the time, I think I quoted there in your notes, uh, we have our being in what he has done for us. And that does not change. Like, death can be, can be near, and it is for each and every one of us. But what, what is a reality is that eternal life is yours right now. See, that's the difference for the life of faith. We are facing the same physical afflictions and the, the battles of this world, but the, what, what is the distinction is this, is that we have received the gift that is obtained by the oath and promise of God, and this is who we are right now. Does that make sense? And, and this is the boat to which we are on, anchored by the work of Christ and what he has done for us. And that is where our patience, that is where our peace and joy lie um, in this life of faith, because of the word of Christ and what he has done for us. And no matter what happens, this is our only certainty. And that is our, what a great, what a great joy and, and, and comfort and, and, and triumph and victory that is for you and me. Because, um, yeah, that's all there is in this life. It's Christ. So remember that this day. I know we should end there. 
Um, hopefully that was helpful to you. Remember, apply this uh, to your life because trust me, there is that tension there um, um, in our sinful flesh. But yet there is grace. There is Christ. There is the anchor of our soul, Jesus. Let us pray. Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you uh, for your word. Uh, bless us, O Lord, in the unchangeable things of God, knowing full well that by your oath and promise you have given to us the concrete gift of salvation, life, and forgiveness. Bless us, O Lord, as a congregation. Grant us your peace and lead us in your wisdom. Lead us by faith in your light. Bless us this week. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Bible study presentation from Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.